0: And welcome back to the Past Patrick Podcast, where we talk everything sports news, sports related, NFL, the headlines. We did not have a podcast episode last week, but hey, Deshaun Watson suspended six games. Um, The NFL has appealed, so we will see what happens. Uh, The league was reported pushing for a year's suspension. Uh, it, it didn't get it, and there was a lot of people in the NFL that wanted that year's suspension. Um, there, are, However you look at this, uh, no one is going to be happy in the end with whatever uh, discipline comes. Uh, I, I have been a firm believer that it needs to at least be a year. I, I think with the allegations and how it makes the NFL look, um, it needs to be a year. We will see what happens, um, but all in all... The Browns organization does not look good in these crucial moments. Uh, the The Browns say Deshaun Watson is remorseful, but Deshaun Watson uh, doesn't seem remorseful with his uh, speech and his actions with the team and with the media. So the the Browns are trying to run, you know, PR cleanup, but it's just not working. And all in all, the the Browns. This is what we've seen with the Browns. They can't get out of their own way. They have to lean into dysfunction. And it's something that NFL teams, some of them, just lean into it. And uh, I know what it's like uh, to have a team like that. But Deshaun Watson, the suspension, in my opinion, it, it needs to at least be a year. Now, I don't know if any money should be fined. I'm, I'm not too sure about that. But the six games... Uh, they have to start looking at what uh, a penalty is for violating some of these policies. They they really need to start looking at this because it gets a little murky. Um, you had the Ezekiel Elliott with the one allegation way back, and he got six games. You know, um, Calvin Ridley, bet on a couple games, he got a year. Uh, the, the Dolphins, which we're going to talk about, uh, they lost a draft pick, and the owner was fine. But w- whatever, you know, billionaire, you find him a million and some dollars, and you take one of his two draft picks away in the NFL draft this coming year, that doesn't exactly do a lot. <laughs> it doesn't exactly bring the pain to the team, if you'll say. So they, they really need to get some of their policies figured out. Uh, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, uh, year suspension in my opinion. The, the I think the league wants to put push for an indefinite uh, suspension. commissioner's uh, commissioner is exemplist, so Goodell will reevaluate. I don't know if they'll get that. They may have to settle with a certain amount of games. And honestly, the, the NFL has the final say here. If they want to, they can bring the hammer down on the Browns organization and Deshaun Watson. Have to wait and see. Interesting storyline. Going to follow it very closely. A lot of fines have been going around now. Apparently, the Dolphins and Tom Brady tampered uh, together and uh, also with Sean Payton, so the Dolphins broke the tampering rules. I'm I'm not too concerned about that. Players tamper, owners tamper, coaches tamper. It, it just happens. Um, the allegation, though, that Brian Flores made is presumably what they are finding them for. It's very uh, messy with how they're doing it. Apparently, he. A quote unquote to them, he was joking when he told Brian Flores uh, to throw games, so we need a better draft position. Brian Flores says he was serious, and they offered him 100000 to do it. The owner, of course, made his appeal, and the NFL backed the owner and said he was joking, and they slapped a fine on him. Um, $1.2 million fine for somebody that's worth over $8 billion isn't exactly hurting him. And they also took one of his two draft picks away, which does nothing. You should have taken both of those draft picks away uh, to send a message about this kind of behavior. Because... The Dolphins have broken the integrity of the Shield, just like Calvin Ridley did. When Calvin Ridley bet on those games, he did uh, break the integrity of the Shield and, you know, put the NFL at risk. And so when an owner does that, though, he gets a couple months banned from the facility, whatever, a draft pick, whatever money. Doesn't matter. He should have been banned a year, both draft picks taken, and at least a $150 million fine. Easy. Send, Send a message. Maybe even take a couple more picks out of the following years. Send a message with that. The NFL needs to start uh, having guidelines in place and policies, so there is a direction to go with this. Um, When the judge ruled on the Deshaun Watson hearing, um, she said, This is what the NFL is giving me, and honestly, what is she supposed to do? Because the NFL has been inconsistent with their policies. Put something in writing. The NFL still hasn't done that. They need some uh, guidelines strictly set up for things, and if they do that, then I think it'll get a lot easier and the process will be better with these things. But the NFL will always back the owners. <laughs> they'll, they'll always, you know, back the owners, and because technically Goodell works for the commissioners, so he can't really touch the commissioners. Or, I mean, excuse me, the commissioner can't really touch the owners uh, with any huge penalties or fines because... He works for him. They run the NFL. So, must be nice to be king in the NFL. Uh, because you, you don't get touched. But anyone else breaks the rules and gone for a year. And now the whole Deshaun Watson thing is just mind-blowing. Uh, 20-some sexual assault allegations and cases and going to get six games while uh, Calvin Ridley gets a year. <laughs> so... No wonder the NFL is going to appeal it. They're going to see what they can do about extending it. I think that's good. I think they at least need to get a full year uh, on the books for Deshaun Watson. I don't I don't know about taking any money, uh, but he needs to miss another year. Um, he's going to miss six games as it is. We'll see if they, if they try to push for eight games, maybe try and go uh, 12 games. Who knows? But I would like to see a year, and I think that's what they're going to try and push for. I think a year is what Goodell wants and the NFL. Without a year, you're gonna face some public backlash. You just are. You you just are now, you know, there there's there's so many uh, different ways that this could go and could end up, but I see the most likely way for a year's suspension. And NFL training camp is in full swing. We're getting ready for the preseason coming up, preseason games, and then we're only under, well, we're, we're about a month and a half away from a uh, game starting, month and ten days or something like that, and I, I'm excited. Can't wait for the regular season. We're going to do my weekly picks, as always, here on the podcast. We didn't get an episode last week. Stuff came up. Uh, apologize for that, but we are back on track. We are uh, ready to get the NFL season going. The NBA stories, they haven't stopped. Um, but right now, everything's at a stalemate in the NBA. It's hard to talk a little bit more about the NBA because everything's at a stalemate. Kevin Durant still wants out. Kyrie Irving still wants out, apparently. you know, Now he's, he's optioned in, but who knows what's going on in that organization. I'd assume he wants out like KD. <laughs> he just opted in so he can get the money. Um, so, we'll see what happens with that, but the Dallas Cowboys are a team I want to talk about because on their depth chart for their wide receivers, they've had some injuries. This has been one of the stories coming out. Um, they active, the active wide receivers are CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Tolbert. The injured wide receivers are James Washington, Michael Gallup, the departed are Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. The Cowboys are putting all their eggs in one basket, and that basket is named C.D. Lamb. And uh, this is what gets me about the Cowboys, because I want to talk a little bit about Jerry, and apparently the world's largest um, sports organization makes the most money worth the most, the Dallas Cowboys, Um, but yet they don't want to spend money on a receiver. You guys got a couple receivers, and... Jerry Jones forcing the ball to C.D. Lamb comments does not help Dak's development or, you know, improving him. Uh, it doesn't. When you are saying to your quarterback, well, all in all, I may have to force it to C.D. Lamb, uh, that that's not good. Why don't you get these guys in camp, see what they can do. Now, there are some injuries and people uh, players that have departed, but Emmanuel Sanders is out there. OBJ is out there. There's a preflow of guys out there that you can go get. Uh, and plug into your system so the how Jerry Jones is handling this whole thing is very odd to me he he wants all the focus on CeeDee Lamb but I don't know if CeeDee Lamb's the type of player that's going to be able to live up to the number one receiver duties now he he did have way better um Stats. Some well, he didn't have way better, but he had some areas in his stats were better last year than Amari Cooper. But Amari had more touchdown passes, and I believe Dak liked Amari more for the simple fact of Amari is an incredible route runner. I mean, the the guy can run routes beautifully. He he hits his spots when he needs to. He cuts when he needs to. Gets open. Um, whereas C D Lamb's just a little more wild. He he with the ball in his hands, he can do more. That is the thing. Each guy has their strengths. But with the ball in C.D. Lamb's hands, he can do more. Uh, he's almost got a little more of a Tyreek Hill, kill unpredictability. Uh, you throw it to him, he can make moves and get to the end zone. Whereas Amari Cooper, he's more of your traditional route runner. And I think they getting them getting rid of Amari Cooper was a mistake. I don't really understand it if you're not going to bring in a viable number two. I guess James Washington, they're expecting him back by the start of the season, but I'm not gonna hold my breath because injuries, when they say six to ten weeks, things get a little messy in that six to ten week range. I don't I don't care who you are. If 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 you say a guy's gonna be back six to ten weeks, it could mean thirteen weeks. Could mean it could mean fifteen weeks. So can't wait to see what happens uh, with with the Cowboys. I think they're gonna figure it out with C.D. Lamb. Uh, Dak Prescott had 4,449 yards, 68.8 completion percentage, 37 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions last year. Uh, they finished 12 and 5, and they won the NFC East. Um, but they they came up short against San Francisco in the wild card game. So the the Cowboys are an enigma. They always seem to get in their way. I I will always say that come. Playoff time. It doesn't matter what the Cowboys have done in the season; they're just gonna flop in the playoffs, and some things never change. So the Jimmy Garoppolo trade is going to happen. We'll see where he goes. I have my top three teams where I think Jimmy Garoppolo would best be suited, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my my third team uh, because. These teams, the, the top three, they, they have a quarterback, but they can improve greatly by getting Jimmy G. Uh, he's a gamer. He's a baller. He knows how to play the game. He's very smart. He's taken the 49ers far. He's taken them to a Super Bowl, okay? And one throw does not define you as a quarterback. Here's my three teams that I think uh, best best suit him. Coming in at number three, personally... I believe that the Atlanta Falcons would benefit greatly from getting Jimmy G. Veteran leadership, veteran presence. He can you know calm that team down a little bit, keep them all, you know, focused and energized. He 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 had a 68.3 completion percentage with 3810 yards, 20 TDs, 12 interceptions. And uh, those stats, they they don't jump off at the, you know, jump off the page at you, but Jimmy G can ball out when he wants to. I mean, he went in, beat the Cowboys, (laughs) and he has a really good record against the Rams, the Super Bowl winners, so Jimmy G can play. I think Atlanta would benefit greatly from him. Now, do I see him at a situation that's a little better? Yeah. My number two team is the Seahawks. And that's an in-division rival, so they'll want a little more. But the Seahawks need a quarterback desperately. And Jimmy G can give them um, that bridge quarterback until they can draft and find their next superstar quarterback. He can give them that bridge. Uh, The Seahawks do have some issues. They do have, uh, what's his name? Gosh, Drew Locke. They got Drew Locke. I think they got Geno Smith still. Um, I th- I think Jimmy G though is who you would have to go out and get to at least put yourself in you know contention for playoff run or something of that nature. Uh, now the Seahawks could be tanking, so that that's always an option to look at it. They could be tanking. They may want a better draft pick. If so, Pete Carroll uh, doesn't mind tanking, but. I think that they want to compete still, and I don't think that's the kind of coach Pete Carroll is, so I think they would benefit extremely from going out and getting Jimmy G. And my number one team for Jimmy G is the New York Giants. Now, like I said, we're going to see what Daniel Jones has. This year, I believe, is it for Daniel Jones he's he's got to show them something i think he will get benched after eight games if he's struggling if they end up starting him um i think they should just trade trade for jimmy g just send some picks jimmy g can get your franchise on track like that Uh, i'm a washington fan so i get you know watch the giants every other year and honestly they haven't improved at all they're the worst team in the nfc east I'll even say Washington's have been third worst, but we're not last. That would be the Giants. They have not done anything. Uh, they've squandered Shaquan Barkley. Uh, they, they seem to be getting in their own way with every situation. So, all in all, where Jimmy G goes, ultimately, is who's going to give them the best picks, who's going to be able to uh, sweeten the pot for san francisco but my number one team is the giants you you gotta get to the giants if you're jimmy g it's new york it's big city people love jimmy g you can't go wrong with the giants and i think he'll make them a contender a little bit quicker in the next couple years until they get their quarterback he's a great bridge quarterback all those all these teams could benefit from him and i i hate the notion that he can't win and he's not a winner because I think he's even a little better than Alex Smith was when he was with the Chiefs. I I do. I think I think maybe the mobility isn't as great as Alex Smith, but I think the decision making. Uh, Alex Smith. That's that's who everyone always compared him to. Um, Alex Smith would hold out and he would pass the ball. He wouldn't go deep with the ball. He never would. But Jimmy G has gone deep with the ball. Uh, Now, it is a little more dink and dunk uh, to his receivers, but I've seen Jimmy G on Corkut a couple times. And I'm very interested to see what the 49ers do with Trey Lance. I personally think Jimmy G was going to... I think you could have started Jimmy G another year and given Trey Lance another year because, honestly, Trey Lance has not played many games. He could come out and be amazing. He could come out and struggle. He's a wild card. The 49ers, they're a very interesting team to watch this year because of those things. Now, granted, Kyle Shanahan's going to have that run game going. He's going to have his running backs. He's going to be game planning. When you have Kyle Shanahan, everything opens up and everything becomes a little bit easier when you have him as your head coach. He game plans so well, and the play calling is is amazing. I mean, he's, he's had the upper hand on the Rams, Super Bowl winning champions. He went into Dallas and won. He went into uh, Green Bay and won. The the guy is a clutch coach, and Jimmy G, they had something working there. So we'll see what happens with the 49ers. I think they're going to be dangerous this year. I personally think Trey Lance will have a good season, not an amazing season, but he will be good and get them to the playoffs because they already have a great team with a great defense. So you you just need somebody that can you know that and they're they're a run heavy team. So you you just need somebody a running quarterback is deadly. You saw Kyle Shanahan. I saw him firsthand when he coached RG3 in Washington. The game planning was sensational. Uh, him and his dad Mike Shanahan they they moved R, RG3 around the pocket. They created run plays. Uh, they they used him so well with that run game. That's why it was so lethal. Because the the Shanahan's typically have the mindset of run first. So, when you have that mindset, you can, they, they're notorious for plugging any running back in and making it work. I mean, Alfred Morris is an amazing talent. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he's Alfred Morris. But look, he had 1,600 yards and then like 1,300 the next year with the Washington uh, Commanders. So... When he was there, they made it work, and then they made it work with a number of guys. They had Roy Helu. Uh, they had, oh, man, I'm forgetting some of their names. But they had a lot of running backs that they made work. Uh, so that's what the Shanahan's do, and that's what the 49ers are going to do. They're always going to rely on that run game. Uh, now they'll just have maybe a little bit more of a lethal uh, running quarterback. Also, a more, I think, lethal in arm strength, Uh Trey Lance, we have yet to see the accuracy, what he can do. He may be very accurate, but there is no denying Trey Lance has a stronger arm than Jimmy G. More mobile, stronger arm. We'll see about the accuracy. I like Jimmy G's intangibles, his basic intangibles, how he can maneuver the pocket and find the open receiver and make an accurate throw. I do love those qualities about Jimmy G. Can't wait to see what happens with the 49ers. Very excited. 49ers fans always have something to get excited about. So, I'm ready for my favorite favorite segment. It's one that I hold dear to my heart. Uh, my highs and lows of the week. I mean, I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nano. That means you have to known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. There are so many epic highs and lows. So many in life with football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't really matter. Uh, We're going to start out with my low of the week. This is what I'm not excited about. This is the one thing that annoyed me this week, and that's the NFL's handling of the Dolphins, uh, tampering, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) terrible management, terrible owner, uh, handling of that team, their discipline. One draft pick for a team that's got two. Hardly any money, $1.2 on a billionaire's uh, dime, that does nothing to him. Uh, The NFL has repeatedly, repeatedly shown that they don't know what their own policies are and what their own guidelines are. They really need to focus in on getting something in writing, have all this covered with the kind of money and time and resources. You're kidding me that the NFL can't get anything done, excuse me. So the NFL has a lot of work to do. Is one of the most annoying things that I saw this entire week, uh, just them handling the situation there in Miami. Uh, Would it have been amazing to see Tom Brady and Sean Payton? Yes. Would it have been more amazing for Brian Flores and Tom Brady? That would have been fine, too. Brian Flores was an amazing coach. I think that the owner screwed up, um, and, yeah, just a sucky situation. Now, my high of the week, this is what I am extremely excited about, and that is Juan Soto being traded to the San Diego Padres. I mean, wow. There there were a few teams in the running. There were the Mets, everyone was saying. Uh, there was the Cardinals. I forget if it was the, you know, one of the, I forget if it was like, was it the L.A. Dodgers, too? I thought they were somebody that they could trade for. But the San Diego Padres, great trade, I think, for them. They not only got him, but they picked up Hader, uh, Josh Hader from the Brewers. And that, that big three now with Fernando, uh, Soto, and Machado, uh, Manny Machado, they, they have a great team. And they're going to make a deep uh, playoff push, I believe. The Padres, and we, we don't talk a lot of baseball, on this podcast, but this trade was exciting, and uh, now Soto's going to get paid, that's for sure, he's been having a great couple months, and the, the Fernando Tatis with that athleticism of him, the speed, Manny Machado, uh, and then you got Soto coming in with his athleticism and his power, it's just, it works, Machado's got power, these guys are going to be hitting homers <laughs> uh, whenever Fernando gets back on track too. We don't talk a lot of baseball, but I love seeing that. And they got Hayter, who is a great pitcher. Uh, this team has a lot to look forward to, and these fans, honestly, should be hyped because this team is in contention now, uh, big time. Uh, we still didn't see Otani move. Uh, we we don't haven't seen that yet, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, exciting times there in San Diego. I want to talk about a another guy that's in the NFL, who turned 45 the other day. And, you know, people are wondering when he's going to hang it up. Ben reports that he doesn't have a time frame. He just wants to keep playing, see how he feels. He always said that 45 was his uh, gold number. That quarterback we're talking about, of course, is Tom Brady. We're going to talk a little bit about what I think if he will, how many more years he'll play, uh, what's his mindset going to be, are they going to win. I think this year they have to make a deep playoff run for him to continue. If they don't make the playoffs, if the Buccaneers don't make the playoffs, I don't know if Brady will keep playing. If he has an amazing year, they don't make the playoffs, he may say, okay, this this is enough. Time to retire. I played 45 years at the high level. It, it, it's not going to happen again. Now, if they make the playoffs, I think you get another year out of him. If they make the Super Bowl, I think you get another couple years out of him. If they win the Super Bowl, I think he's playing until he's 48. <laughs> I just do. I don't think you can put a time frame on when Tom Brady's going to hang it up. When he's ready to retire, he'll let everyone know he's ready to retire. I think I think it annoyed him that a story broke that he was retiring before he announced it. I think he's got an ego where, you know, and rightfully so, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game, the greatest. Um, he wants to be the one that comes out and say, I'm retiring I don't think he wants ESPN breaking a story. I think something got out this past year for him retiring. I think he went with it, and then he came back and made them look... You know, even I posted that he was retiring. I, I bought into it, and he did retire, but really he didn't. He always knew he wasn't. So I think he got a little taste of retirement. He did sign that big deal with Fox after he's done playing to a multi-million dollar deal to come and talk football and all that stuff, so... I think that's exciting for him, but if he gets the Super Bowl and wins one more, I think he's playing until he's forty-eight. I just do. I don't. I think he's going to keep going. Uh, I, he he has that competitive fire, and he spent so much time in the NFL. Uh, I I am done betting on when Tom Brady's going to hang it up. He, he he's not going to hang it up. That's what we all need to tell ourselves until he decides to. Uh, go home and give up football, but there's nothing that replaces football, and he knows that. He loves competing. He loves the competitive edge. There's nothing that can replace it. You you get that competitive edge, and you get that team camaraderie with football. It, even calling the games. Uh, people have said even calling the games, talking, uh, even coaching, nothing nothing quite compares to playing. I believe that's true. So Tom Brady, never underestimate him what he's going to do this year. Do I think the Bucks are going to win it? I think they are a team that can make a deep playoff run. Do I see them getting to the Super Bowl? There are so many good teams. Um, they're definitely, you know, definitely top three in the NFC uh, to get to the Super Bowl. But can they get by the Rams? You know, it, it it's really tough to say because the NFC also has the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Those teams, those three Teams, The Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams are all going to be in that mix uh, late, and you never know. There could be a sleeper team with a rookie like the 49ers who gets a little fire under their belt, and they make uh, a deep playoff run too as, as well, so y- you just don't know. But I believe that with Tom Brady on that team, they're instant contenders, which is no surprise. If he would have went to Miami with Sean Payton, oh my God, I think that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to go there. He wanted to beat Belichick twice twice a year for a couple of years there. I think that was his goal, but he wanted Sean Payton too. And that, that deal fell apart. And now he's back in Tampa. Sean Payton's not coaching right now. Do do I think Tom Brady would change teams again? That is a very interesting uh, topic too. Even if even if he finishes this year and he's like, you know what, I want to play another year. Do you leave the Bucks if you make the playoffs and win the Super Bowl or just make the playoffs? I, I don't know. I think if the situation's right and you got all the pieces there in Miami and you can win, I think yeah, I mean, easy you you'd uh, switch to Miami to try and win and win a couple play a couple years and you're division that you played in for 20 some years will he do that i don't know it's always it's always hard to tell with with what tom brady's gonna do (laughs) but the the nfl is gonna be definitely exciting this year um we're gonna keep our eyes on the deshaun watson story will he be suspended um that's one team i can say that aren't gonna that isn't gonna win this year i don't care who's starting quarterback for him the browns I don't care. I'll just make the prediction now. Tom Brady could be starting quarterback for the Browns this year, and they're not winning because the Browns are just dysfunctional. Tom Brady can elevate so much, but I don't think Tom Brady can elevate that franchise. I just don't think. I just don't think he can. Um, we're gonna follow that story with Sean Watson. Also, I'm very interested when Lamar's contract is gonna get signed. I this thing has got to get done. If I was Lamar Jackson. Um, and the Ravens haven't signed me. I would not be suiting up for week one. I just wouldn't. You want my opinion on what Lamar should make. Lamar should make two eighty guaranteed two hundred and eighty million guaranteed three hundred million dollar contract. That's what he should make. That's showing him respect. Give him the respect he deserves. You, you aren't going to draft somebody as <laughs> electric or as talented at the quarterback position as Lamar Jackson in the future. Are you kidding me? you got to give him at least $280 million guaranteed, a $300 million contract. Uh, space it out however many years you need to. But that is a fair deal for Lamar Jackson and what kind of quarterback he is. If you're going to give Deshaun Watson $230 million with everything that comes with him, and, you know, it was already a slap in the face, in my opinion, to Kyler Murray to give him less than Deshaun Watson, I, yeah, we could talk all day about it. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, Catch the podcast next week. Uh, Follow me on all my socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Leave a review. Hit the subscribe button. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. This has been Passive Patrick.